Hello, brethren. Brother Bob here again. I'm, I'm back from a long week. Went to the uh, Smoky Mountains, do a little relaxing in a cabin on the hill. So in this podcast, I really don't have a topic. I'm just going to vent. I'm going to throw out some spiritual tidbits for you out there and pay attention. Please take some notes. Again, most of what I share with you, you're not going to hear in your local church. There are probably a lot of people who listen to my podcast and think, boy, that Brother Bob sure sounds mad or angry all the time. Well, I'm not. I have a truly blessed life. I have a wonderful godly wife who loves the Lord and loves the Word of God. I've made the opportunities over the years to share the gospel of Christ and the sound doctrines of scriptures with thousands of people in my lifetime. And I've been blessed to be used by the Lord through many different types of ministries. So I have a wonderful life. However, me being blessed does not change what I know to be God's disappointment in many in his church. Now, I use what I'm going to say next in a lot of my podcasts because it is important to hear that simply assembling in a building that has a name on the marquee outside that says something like Bible Church or House of God or Place of Worship does not mean the people inside are serving the Lord. Again, Revelation 3.1, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. I share that with you just so you don't think, just because it says church on the building or Bible church on the building, or just because you got pastors or because people carry Bibles, that the word of God is being taught. It's not being taught in a lot of churches, at least not accurately. Yeah, I get it. No church is perfect. But it sure would be spiritually refreshing to find a few churches where the spiritual needle ran at a steady 40% on the biblical truth gauge. Well, if the Lord is disappointed in something, I too am disappointed in it. I know the Lord hates abortion, so I too hate abortion. I know the Lord detests phony, lukewarm children. Psalm 81.15, those who hate the Lord will pretend obedience to him. And her time of punishment will be forever. So I too detest lukewarm believers. I know they make God sick to his stomach. I know the Lord also hates false teachers. So I too hate false teachers. False teachers distort the truth of God's word. And I'm a defender of the faith. Revelation 2.6 says, Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. King David said in Psalm 119, Verse 128, therefore, I esteem as right all your precepts concerning everything. I too hate every false way. Our God is most definitely a good God if we choose to walk in obedience to his commandments. Deuteronomy 7, 9 through 11, know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, a faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations, to those who love him and keep his commandments, but repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him face to face. That's a judgment call there, believers. You think about that. You stand in front of the Lord and you made stuff up or you didn't teach truth. You're going to face God one-on-one, and try to defend yourself. So is the Lord disappointed in most of his church leaders? Absolutely. 
He sees so many of his shepherds avoiding teaching the sound church doctrines of the scriptures that the church so desperately needs. Is the Lord frustrated by the lack of spiritual discernment that he sees in his people? Absolutely. Jeremiah 4.22, For my people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children and have no understanding. They are shrewd to do evil, but to do good they do not know. It seems that so many in the church have forgotten how to think for themselves. So many of God's people seem to spend their lives living on the baby food of the scriptures. Now there's a place for that when you're a brand new believer, but when you're 5, 10, 15 years in the Lord and you're still sucking on a baby bottle, you're not doing very well. There is simply no fire in the belly of many of God's people to defend the truths of God's word these days. So with that said, my attitude towards many in the church is not anger, but frustration, bewilderment, and discouragement. God's people have been given the thoughts and the ideas of the Creator God in a book we call the Bible, and yet for the most part, God's people have ignored His commandments like a plague. So my attitude is similar to the attitude of the Old Testament prophets who were continually yelling and rebuking God's people. Just seriously spend a little time reading through the words of those Old Testament prophets, and you will see that the good Lord used these prophets to show his people that he was absolutely disappointed in them. You know, you never read about the Old Testament prophets saying to God's people, Now listen up, you children of the Lord. God knows that you are not being faithful to his commandments, but he says, That's okay, have a blessed day anyways. You won't hear that. You will never read about those Old Testament prophets saying to God's people, The Lord will shine down on you throughout the week, even if you are doing whatever seems right in your own eyes. Just doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency and seriousness in many in the church when it comes to sound doctrine. Now what I'm going to read next is repeated over and over and over again in the scriptures. And even though it's from the Old Testament, there's application for the church age, yet very few of God's children take heed to these warnings. Many in the church have an indifference or a come-see-come-saw attitude about obeying or not obeying God's word. They can take it or leave it. Jeremiah 6, 8-15, through 15, Listen to this warning, Jerusalem, or I will turn from you in disgust. Listen, or I will turn you into a heap of ruins, a land where no one lives. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Even the few who remain in Israel will be picked over again as when a harvester checks each vine a second time to pick the grapes that he missed. To whom can I give warning? Who will listen when I speak? Their ears are closed and they cannot hear. They scorn the word of the Lord. They don't even want to listen to me. So now I am filled with the Lord's fury. Yes, I am tired of holding it in. I will pour out my fury on the children who are playing in the streets and on the gatherings of young men and women and wives. I will even go after those who are old and gray. Their homes will be turned over to their enemies, as will their fields and their wives. For I will raise my powerful fist against this rebellious people of the land, says the Lord. From the least to the greatest, their lives are ruled by greed. From prophets to priests, they are all frauds. They offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wounds. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their disgusting actions? Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. Therefore, they will lie among the slaughtered. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. I know, it doesn't sound very compassionate, does it? Brethren, the good Lord didn't stop being holy and just just because they hung on a cross. 
You will never read about those Old Testament prophets saying to God's people, God just loves you so much that even if you are disobedient to his word, he will look the other way. God doesn't work that way. Ezra 5.12 But because our fathers had provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean who destroyed this temple and deported my people to Babylon. Nope, you will not hear those kinds of snowflake spiritual words coming out of the mouths of God's prophets. And sadly, many in the church foolishly think that the holy and just God of the Old Testament has gotten softer, more sensitive to the feelings of the church believers in this age. Even in the Gospels, you will never hear those squishy, snowflakey spiritual talk coming out of the mouth of Christ. You need to understand that there is not one single spot in the Bible where Christ put his arm around a, a sincere but struggling follower of his and said, I understand your spiritual struggles. Life is tough and you are a delicate creature. So I am only going to speak kind, considerate things to you. I do not want to upset your sensitive nature. You're never going to hear Christ say those Old Testament prophets always sounded angry because they were speaking for the Lord, who was angry continually with his rebellious, disobedient children. Isaiah 47, 6, I was angry with my people. I was so angry I profaned my heritage. Wow. His heritage is the Jews. Brethren, the Lord was continually angry with his children because they were always living rebellious and disobedient lives. That's why the New Testament the scripture tells God's people to turn their laughter into sorrow. Now, that does not mean that a believer needs to be an old, grumbly, curmudgeon, sourpuss all the time. The idea of turning our laughter into sorrow simply means that as Christians, we need to realize that this life is not all about being silly and giddy and living our spiritual lives like spiritual dimwits. There is a seriousness that God's people need to have in light of all the immoralities and perversions and wickedness going on around us. And there is a seriousness that God's people need to have in light of all the false teachings and distorted doctrines being taught in the church today. Brethren, there is nothing funny about the downward spiral direction of the church. But sadly, a lot of God's people do not see how deep the ways of the world have penetrated into the church because they are so much a part of the world that they just do not see the wickedness that abounds in most of today's churches. The Christian church in America was definitely in a different place 150 years ago. I am sure that 150 years ago there were plenty of God-fearing shepherds and dedicated to the Lord believers trying to fend off the worldly direction that the church was headed to even back then. However, I'm also sure that, that even back then there were believers in the church who told the faithful believers to lighten up a bit. Don't be so serious about all this Jesus stuff. Worldly Christians have always been telling the faithful Christians to not be so hard and intolerant. I hope you understand that the Lord hates the word tolerance. There is no tolerance allowed when it comes to the truths of God's word. In God's eyes, tolerance or being tolerant is simply another word for compromise. Unfortunately, many in the church foolishly teach that God just looks at the heart of his children. So you don't need to worry about how you look or dress or talk after all. God is looking at your heart. Sad thing is that many of the church do not understand that the Lord does not have to look at our hearts. 
because our external actions already determine where our hearts are at. Unless you are a brand new believer who is just learning the truths of God's word, it is impossible to have a heart that is right with the Lord unless you are obeying God's word. Do you understand that? Christ himself said over and over and over again that only those followers who keep, i.e. obey, my commandments, i.e. teachings or words, can have a heart that is right with the Father. And all you people who believe that the Lord is only concerned about his children's hearts, are you sure you want to go there? Are you sure you want the Lord determining how much you love him according to your heart? I am sure that there are a lot of things in that heart that have nothing to do with pleasing the Lord. Trust me when I tell you that the Lord sees through the phony hearts of those phony Sunday morning only worshipers. Trust me when I tell you that the Lord sees that your heart is pretty much divided between the Lord and your favorite sports team as you check out the latest scores on your smartphone during worship time. Christian women, do you honestly think that the Lord only looks at your heart when you show up Sunday mornings in a skin-tight yoga pants or some skin-tight dress and blouse? In all actuality, it is oxymoronic to say that your heart is right with the Lord and then to run around town, let alone come to worship time, wearing body-hugging dresses or skin-tight pants, yoga pants, whatever, something that reveals your form. Your heart's not right with the Lord. Now, the scriptures do not have a lot to say about how Christian men and women should dress. However, there is some clear and specific information in the scriptures about how the Lord wants Christian women to dress. 1 Timothy 2, 9 through 10. One verse. It's God's word. One verse is important. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments. I will cover this modesty issue in another podcast, but allow me to say a few more things about this topic. If you are a spiritual man, I know that you have noticed the lack of modesty in a lot of women in the church. I always tell people that one would think that the last place a brother in the Lord would have to worry about the lust of the eyes is in the house of God. But sadly, because most shepherds do not have the spiritual stones to stand up for teaching a modest behavior or modest dress in the churches, the situation continues to get worse. Christian ladies, no, Christian women, listen to me. I don't use the word ladies when addressing those females who show up in these skin-tight yoga pants or their skin-tight jean pants or their tight-fitting tops or their cleavage-revealing blouses. Christian women, those tight buns and toned thighs are supposed to be for your husband's eyes only. Don't you understand that? I'd be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed if I'm a woman showing up in a fellowship with believers wearing a pair of yoga pants showing the crack in my butt. And if you think that Christ is impressed because you work out so you can show all the husbands in the church your tight butt cheeks or your toned thighs, you are dumber than I thought. Sorry to be harsh, but you are causing a lot of men and older teen boys to stumble because of that sleazy stuff you're wearing to church. Now, in my podcast, I'm not trying to come across as a know-it-all or a hard-ass, but unfortunately, telling people what they need to hear sometimes bruises their egos. I'm going to tell you how many times I've heard other believers tell me, you think you know so much about the Bible. And yeah, I say, what is your point? 
Oh, you think I'm a know-it-all because I teach you the truth of God's word, huh? Well, I do know a lot about a lot of stuff in general. I've always loved to read and learn and, and grow, but specifically, I know a lot about the Bible. However, it is not close to what people like John MacArthur or Tony Evans know about the scriptures. As I see it, though, the problem with these very mature men of God is simply that they refuse to teach and enforce the sound church doctrines that they know are in the scriptures. So that leaves me with the job of telling you biblical stuff that the church is just not teaching you. For the most part, the true blood-bought, born-again church of God has lost their way. I challenge you a few podcasts back to examine yourself spiritually. Did you do that? Did you make sure that what you believe and why you believe it is because it's biblical and not because you think or wish it was biblical? In the Old Testament, there were a few times when God's people had become so spiritually shallow that they had literally lost the word of God. And it didn't even bother anyone. As I said before in the church, there seems like there's not very many people in the body of Christ who have a fire in their belly for defending the sound doctrines of God's word. From what I see, a lot of God's people have a take-it-or-leave-it attitude about any biblical convictions, which means that they do not really have any biblical convictions, but rather they have biblical preferences. That means they like the stuff that's easy and they avoid the stuff that's hard. And to me, it almost seems like a lot of God's people are offended by the sound teachings of God's word. It is like God's people are ashamed to openly take a stand for the truths of God's word. After all, how many Christian men tell those they know outside the walls of the church that the Lord has put them in charge of the home and not their wives? Ooh, takes a lot. Of, you got to be pretty brave to share that, huh? I wonder how many Christian wives tell their lady friends outside of the church that they submit to their husband's authority because of their love for Christ. Or do they instead mock their husband's authority because the love of being accepted by the people of the world is much more important than pleasing their Savior. Do you Christian ladies understand that the Lord cares much more about you being obedient to his word than he does about your feelings? Oh, God's people say they love the word of God, but then they pick and choose the easier, emotionally driven stuff to cling to. God's people love the stuff that does not force them to get out of their comfort zone. God's people are quick to say, Oh, we do not do that anymore in the church age. This is a different time. Those things that went on are back from Apostle Paul's day. I'm a woman. Hear me roar. Has replaced the standards that the Lord established for his church. Yes, the church is a mess. And most just do not see that. And mark my words, it will not be long before the church, the true blood-bought, born-again church, is going to find ways to be tolerant, i.e. accept the sins of things like homosexuality and fornication by overusing and abusing words like we need to be loving and we need to be compassionate. Yes, we need to be loving and compassionate, but not to the point of tolerating sin. So the sixth spiritual condition of the church is the reason my laughter has turned to sorrow. There needs to be a seriousness in the hearts and minds of God's people as they see and hear most shepherds no longer teaching the truths of God's word from the pulpit. I am literally shocked and dumbfounded by how many of God's people are so easily duped by a church leader simply because he says, the Lord put this on my heart before he begins a sermon or teaches a Bible study. It's like an automatic. 
When a man says that, everybody assumes, well, it must be from God. It is bewildering to see so many believers naively and gullibly accepting the religious ramblings of a pastor or a Bible teacher simply because they use the words, I got this message or word from the Lord last night. Now, any believer with more biblical wisdom than a French fry knows that a lot of those supposed words from the Lord did not come from the Lord of the Scriptures. Brethren, the only way to know if a $20 bill is counterfeit is to know what a real $20 bill is supposed to look like. We have the same problem going on in a church. So many of God's people do not know the genuine truths of God's word. So when a fake or counterfeit Bible teacher comes along, the biblically ignorant sheep just do not know that they are being deceived. And the main reason this fake or counterfeit teaching is going on is, is because God's people have stopped studying God's word for themselves. So they don't even know the difference between a truth and a lie. Way too many of God's people are allowing themselves to be taught what to believe and not how to think for themselves. I have heard many sermons that were simply absolute spiritual BS. And I think to myself as I'm listening, that guy just made that up in his head. That isn't even in the Bible. And yet the people sitting in the pews are like awestruck. Oh, this man said this was a word from the Lord. Doesn't it sound great? Why would the Lord give you a word if that supposed word from the Lord you just got is opposite of what the scriptures teach? It always amazes me how many believers share that the Lord put something on their heart or the Lord gave them a word. And then when they speak, it is obvious that the Lord did not give them that word. But the problem is, again, so many sheep don't know what the truth is, so they think it is a word from the Lord. The Lord of the Scriptures would never give shepherds a word of deception to share with the people. Jeremiah eighteen fifteen through 18, But my people are not so reliable, for they have deserted me. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highways and walk in muddy paths. Therefore their land will become desolate, a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will shake their heads in amazement. I will scatter my people before their enemies as the east wind scatters dust. And in all their troubles, I will turn my back on them and refuse to notice their distress. Then the people said, come on, let's plot a way to stop Jeremiah from telling us this stuff. We have plenty of priests and wise men and prophets who can tell us nice stuff. We do not need Jeremiah to teach us the word and give us advice and prophecies. Let's spread rumors about him and ignore what he says. The way I see it, these false teachers expose their biblical ignorance when they share their false words from the Lord from the pulpit. But again, only those people who know their scriptures are going to recognize this. Another problem in the church is that there are very few in the church who have the biblical stones to confront these false teachers. It is easy for me to see what Christ said about the church when he warned that in the end times, many will come in my name and will lead many astray. That's in Matthew chapter 24. Look it up for yourself. So in spite of all the spiritual stupidity going on in the church, I am not an angry Christian, just as King David was not an angry man when he said in Psalm 119, You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear me with lies, but in truth, I obey your commandments with all my heart. 
Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. My suffering was for me. It was good, for it taught me to pay attention to your commandments. Your instructions are more valuable to me than the millions of gold and silver. It's absolutely befuddling to me to see how superficial God's people are in their knowledge and zeal of God's word. I know that the spiritual downfall of the church in the end times is exactly what the Bible said would happen. Even though I know there are many out there who have this vision of an end time church being on fire for Christ, sorry brethren, that concept is just not biblical. And if you knew your scriptures, you would know that. Christ asked the simple question. He said it sarcastically. Am I going to find any faithful believers when I return? You see, a major problem with believers in the church is that if they feel like they are all right with the Lord, then they think they are all right with the Lord. Way too many believers are determining that they are on good terms with the Lord because their emotions tell them that. Way too many believers sincerely but ignorantly think that because they have these warm, mushy feelings for the Lord, that they are pleasing to God. And yet the scriptures say just the opposite of that. We do not show the God of the Bible that we love him with hugs and kisses. Christ, as with the Father, wants all believers to show Christ they love him by being obedient to his commandments. John 14, 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This biblical concept of truly showing the Lord that you love him through your obedience to the word just does not sink in for many in the church. Ladies, if your husband was always saying that he loved you, but then ignored everything you asked him to do, would you really think that he loves you? Christ never ever taught his followers that if you want to prove that you love me, show it through your warm, mushy feelings. Brethren, that type of love is lip service love. That type of love is the kind of love that a prostitute displays for a client. It always amazes me how many times I hear a pastor say, I was out for my morning walk and the Lord put this thought on my heart and I want to share it with you. And then the pastor starts to speak and what he is saying has got nothing to do or little to do with the truth of scriptures. What I'm really concerned about are the numbers of older believers who just do not have any conviction about defending the truths of God's word. The wife and I were recently in a church where a man was allowed to stand up and share something that he said he got from the Lord, as they always do, in front of the whole congregation and in front of all those who were watching from live streaming, he shared something that was simply absurd. The wife and I heard what the man shared, and I promise you with my sin-cleansed heart and mind that it was not from the Lord of the Scriptures. And sadly, halfway through this religious man's babblings, one of the pastors amen what this fool said. In fact, what this guy shared was so ridiculous that the wife and I knew we had to leave this fellowship. We tried sharing our concerns with the leadership of this fellowship, but they never got back to us. They didn't want to hear what we had to share because we were sharing the truth. The wife and I even had a nice chat with one of the elders and his wife before we left about what we heard. And she said, oh, we just ignore them foolish things a lot of people share in this church. We just ignore them. Now, there might actually be some in that church who understand that what that man shared was idiotic, and they ignore the false words from this guy. But many others do not. There's a lot of young, naive, spiritually ignorant Christians who hear some kind of babbling like this, and they believe it to be right because the pastor amended it. Unless these foolish religious babblings are openly exposed and rebuked, there will always be a group of naive, untaught believers who will accept what guys like this say, especially if they say it's from the Lord, 
because the leadership does not expose these false teachings for what they are. I once heard a pastor say, God's people have their right to their opinions in here. Are you kidding me? That view is why we have 10,000 different denominational churches out there in the world. You shepherds need to understand it is not okay for any believer to share their opinions as though they are God's truths or as though they were a word from the Lord. When a person does that, they're professing to be a teacher. And the Bible says, let not many of you be teachers because there's going to be a stricter judgment. And in the church, teachers are not just those believers who are literally teaching from the pulpit or leading a Bible study. Teachers are also those believers who love to share their two cents worth every opportunity they get. And I know some of you think, well, if a believer is that gullible that they can't listen to something that unbiblical and fall for it, it's their own fault. Well, to a point you are right. However, even if faithful believers listen to the same spiritual garbage over and over again, they too can be deceived. Remember the story of the Apostle Paul with the Thessalonian believers? They got a fake letter that was supposed to be from the Apostle Paul. Now, these Thessalonians were not a bunch of dimwits. Paul considered to be very faithful and well-grounded, and yet all it took was a supposed message from the Apostle Paul, which it was not, and those once faithful Thessalonian believers fell for a lie. So brethren, pay attention to those supposed words of the Lord that many in the church claim to have these days. I could do an entire week of podcasts on just the idiotic stuff that is being shared in the churches these days by people claiming they got their Remo word from the Holy Spirit himself. Anyway, time restraints force me to stop here. Stay true to God's word, no matter what the other 90% are teaching you. In eternity, the written word of God will be placed before each and every one of us so we can explain to the Lord why we believe what we believe according to the scriptures. So know your scriptures. Know your scriptures inside and out, up and down, back and forth, and even sideways, because it is the only way to know or to recognize the fake teacher, the deceiver, from the true teacher of God's word. Your friend in Christ, Brother Bob. Again, you can reach me at brobobforhim at gmail.com.